Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Dan Fonts Talks Metal. Uh, I have Justin from the band Wrist Meets Razor with me today. Uh, Justin, how you doing, man? How's everything been? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Uh, trying to survive, you know, the pandemic here. Yeah, I know, right? We're, we're almost, well, we're, we're kind of getting out of it. <laughs> Slowly but surely, right? All right. right. You know Brad, right? Uh, Zordragger? Am I pronounced? Yeah. yeah. Did I pronounce that right, Brad? The most interesting last name ever? <laughs> he said, hey, Justin. Yes, I did. I did it. Hell Brad yeah. rules. And that he does is... have the most interesting last name ever. I don't think I've ever Zorg... I, I even heard that before. Wait, is it Zorg Dragger? It's Z-O-R-G, right? Zorg Dragger? Yes. I love Brad. I've had him on here once. We had a good time. He is the homie. But anyway, so I guess during this whole, you know, long ass vacation we've had, what have you guys been up to? What have you been doing to stay busy? The same <laughs> thing that I think everyone's been doing to stay busy. That I mean, hopefully everyone that plays music. We've been, we wrote a bunch. Yeah. We're really, the, the way that it all kind of went down, we, uh, we pre-proed the record in, uh, February of last year, we went out to rural Kentucky and yeah. uh, spent a week with Isaac from Knock Loose writing the record. We all had a bunch of ideas, but it was pre-COVID. So it was kind of when the yeah. buzz was going around that something really Something's... big was about to happen. Yeah. But it yeah, hadn't forever. happened yet. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a lot and there was a lot of there was even at that time, I was thinking back to it the other days, like even at that time, there was a lot of like anticipation of what it was going to be and i think yeah i was. remember us having i remember us having conversations where it's like well we have these really cool plans if they can happen hopefully but you know what i mean though it was something that was hard to like really plan for mm -hmm. so that happened the whole COVID thing really really came to the peak the next month in march yeah uh, and then um what we had a, a tour planned that got canceled um, mm -hmm. Then we went and recorded the the record in June. Uh, I spent the three uh, prior months writing lyrics. Um, we recorded the record in June. Uh, we shot the music videos in December, and oh, uh, we started releasing in uh, in March. The yeah. first single in March. Second single came out this month. So we tried to really space it out so there was not a huge gap in what we were actually doing. But you know. The yeah. reality is that, yeah, a lot has gotten done in a short period of time and then nothing's, you know, we've not really had much to do besides that. Yeah. It probably would have came out. It probably would have came out sooner, huh? If this all happened. We were supposed to come out last year. Honestly, yeah. that was the original plan was that we'd put it out sometime late last year and just tour all year and then tour all year this year yep. continuously, which we had done our, on our last record cycle. We toured for a year and a half straight. Yeah, and, I remember. Uh, yeah, you and now, yeah, we we did everything, and now it's been a year plus of no tours, almost a year and a half now. Shockingly enough, yeah, it's fucking um, wild, no, right? Of no, yeah, no touring, and it's uh, it's been tough. It's a huge, huge shift, you know. Yeah, it is. I mean, we're getting through it, but it's definitely it. It's definitely been a weird time of our lives. <laughs> yeah, uh, I. Uh, I really don't think I'll ever be able to put it into uh, proper terms for anyone in the future as to what it exactly has been like, because I, I, it's not anything I could compare to anything else that no. I've ever experienced. No, I don't so. think we, I don't think any of us expected this to happen. <laughs> no, no, we were no one was we were not like prepared for it, like at all. No, not at I all. Wish we were. Not I wish I wish we I mean, had a couple months. Now, <laughs> now we will be if it happens again. Oh we'll yeah. Here. Oh yeah. But you know, hey, it doesn't do much good right now. But exactly in the future, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So let's go back <laughs> a little bit. Like, where did you grow up? Where... Uh, I uh, I grew up in a bunch of different places, but mostly in Las Vegas. Mostly Las Vegas. Yeah, that's yeah. rad. How did you get like into like metal music and shit growing up? Did anyone show you the way? <laughs> uh, no. Actually, I, um, strangely enough, I, I kind of, uh, grew up very sheltered and didn't really, didn't have a ton of friends and, but I was always very interested in, um, 
the occult and, and weird things and so and yeah. reading i love to read so it, it when the internet first started i was so enthralled by it like i was so into it that i would Same. go everywhere <laughs> on the internet and uh in a large part it's the way i got into heavy music was just by going to websites going to chat rooms talking to people and wanting to see what the most extreme thing out was like i i really yeah. <laughs> i really liked i really liked new metal like in Same. Uh, the late 90s early 2000s i mean i still really like it um, yep. but that's how i kind of started um and then it just kind of grew more and more because at the at the time and i guess maybe kids now won't exactly kind of understand where it was coming from but everyone hated new metal it was one of the most hated things ever and when you go online and you go into a chat room or whatever the AOL everyone chat rooms. like yeah, they would be like, what are you talking about? I used about? to do it to, all. Yeah. You listen to Corn and Slipknot? That's so lame. Like, literally, people would, and, and they would say it in way more rude terms than that. But yeah, yeah, that's essentially what they would say. They would say, you should listen to Cradle of Filth. You should listen to Cannibal Corpse. You should listen to Children of Bodom and all these other bands. And I'd be like, okay, then I yeah. guess I will. Yes, I, I will <laughs> and, check those uh, out. <laughs> yeah. And so I kind of, I kind of did that whole thing and I liked it all. Like, honestly, I just liked it all. And, uh, as I got, you know, into like my high school years, I got into hardcore more. And then I kind of like, I mean, in order to kind of survive in high school, you have to have a group. So yeah, I, uh, I had that group. I was into hardcore. So that's kind of, that's kind of where it is. And then it's, it's just grown and I just do my own thing now completely. Yeah. That's how I am. I mean, that's, I remember going into those like AOL chat rooms, but more like the the corn ones, Slipknot, and all that shit. I wish I wish we could like relive like I don't know like relive those days and or just like f see it again, you know, like the mm -hmm. AOL chat rooms and all that shit. Because it would You're be right. it would just bring us fucking back. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, totally. I mean, and to some small degree, even though I probably wouldn't condone a lot of the things that were being said and. True. There were very some... nineties. Oh, yeah. it, it got it got real, real, uh, real out of line real quick for by, from strangers. But oh yeah, I would say big time. That, yeah, big time. <laughs> but I would say that a lot of that um, molded who I am now and who I was becoming at the time. I, I don't know. To certain extents, I feel like you know the harsh realities of unfiltered, just kind of brutality turns you into a different person it whenever does. when people. When people around you, and, and it wasn't even just the chat room thing. It was just, you know, growing up weird or different or, uh, you know, not being like everyone else. The norm, yeah. Late 90s, early 2000s, you were you were beaten into a place, whether you liked it or not. Um, it was true. open season for you, you know. And, I, you know, and that coming from me, I, I grew up in the Columbine age. And I, and I, oh, was, yeah. I was a goth kid that wore um trench coats and all black and necklaces and rings and stuff like that and so yeah it it, it was a thing where i was um i was uh beaten into a place of uh not really liking who i was based yeah. on the people around me not necessarily i was i was who i who i am but for uh, sure other people, other people didn't like it oh sure. yeah i did especially back then when we were younger they definitely it was like you were a hundred percent the outcast and always yes. looked at differently and yeah you know obviously you know i i went through you know even when i was younger like bullied and shit in high uh middle school elementary school even too you know middle right. school when i started getting into like new metal and shit and like finding like metal and stuff it was just like what the fuck are you doing what are you listening to <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know? exactly and it, then, it was that and then it was yeah. like you know and even when i listened to hardcore and, and metal and all that stuff and i had like a little bit different of a of a look and a change it didn't matter the way i was treated i was treated the same way because you're still an outcast you know what i mean oh yeah you can be a different flavor of outcast you can listen to metal and still be treated like uh you know you don't belong it, it you know it's part of it's growing true. up especially at that time period and i you know i can't even i can't necessarily say that that's what happens now because i don't really know entirely mm, if yeah. playing is the same way but i do think that i grew up a certain way and i've been molded through my life ex life's experiences and those are very largely ingrained in me those Definitely. moments oh yeah i feel you there um growing up i guess like in vegas for the most part right you're always in vegas 
for the most part, yeah. I um, my family moved to Vegas in 1999, so oh sure, yeah. Okay. What were like some of the places that you like went to shows at in Vegas? Do you remember? Um, well, in the very in the very beginning, um, I would go to shows at the House of Blues, obviously. Yeah, uh, which was inside the Mandalay Bay. Mm-hmm. which is an interesting house of blues for sure and then yes. there used to be a few uh yeah to that that house of blues you know it's when interesting I was a kid, when i was a kid i thought it was like legitimately the coolest venue that i had ever seen like it has like oh of course of kind of, it has like the like freemason-esque occultist stuff up top with the yeah. like with the like uh the the all-seeing eyes and, mm-hmm. the, and, the, and the bleeding hearts and stuff um, but now as an adult, I go to that venue. I'm like, this one, this is like the worst house of blues in the whole country. This is like the worst one. Like, no, yeah. no offense, house of blues, uh, Las Vegas, but it's like the worst one in the country. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's insane. It, but yeah. at the time I thought it was so, amazing. yeah, you thought it was, like, it was rad, so right? Hard. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the coolest thing ever. And it's like the floor is super small. The security is overzealous, the real mean, throw oh, yeah, people out for this throw people out for anything and you really can't mosh at that house of blues because i've seen them go into the crowd and pull bear hug people just for moshing and not even for like hardcore dancing just like push moshing just yeah for push like it's pretty ridiculous wow yeah that's like i've seen that at house of blues and shit i'm like these fucking like what are you doing (laughs) especially for some reason the vegas one is one of the worst you think it's the worst one yeah it's probably and when i was younger too like the only shows I would go to there were ones with a bunch of like new metal bands on it. So it would be a bunch of freaks like me and we yeah. all be trying to fuck with the security guards and <laughs> just getting thrown out all the time. Yeah. Like getting sat on, like the security guards would do weird stuff. Like if you were, if you were like kind of like acting aggressive, they'd sit you on the curb and like, like be like, we're going to call security and then we're going to call the cops and you're going to get arrested for trespassing. Dude, I always remember. Yeah, like even back like when I started like booking tours and stuff, like and putting stuff in Vegas, it was always a pain in the ass to get tours booked in Vegas. But when they would happen, it was just always most of the time like a shit show. I remember like I used to book Suffocate when they were still like active and I had them out there with like, oh God, it was like the Red Shore betrayal maybe that band murder death kill and shit and that show got shut the fuck down because it's shit just hit i forget what venue it was at but because there's so many i feel like vegas and new jersey are like similar with like places that do shows like venues or like halls or whatever because like even like in jersey you know i'm from new york so i went to jersey a lot for shows growing up right and like there were always like venues like places getting shut down not necessarily venues it was always a thing. And I feel like that was like a thing in Vegas. It was like always just like going through different places. Like, so yeah, we, had, we right? had a bunch. Yeah. It was like just <laughs> we, like a we shit had, ton. <laughs> we had a bunch of different venues and we always kind of have, I, you know, like it's kind of strange, like Vegas as a music scene and not even just for metal or hardcore or metalcore or anything like that as a general music scene. Yeah. We've always been the wild, wild west out here. And that was That's another true, thing. That was, it was so much different for me growing up because growing up, the only thing I knew about going to shows was that it was complete violence, complete chaos. People would go to jail and get arrested and there would be fights at every single show. And it Literally. really was. And it, it, and that only like ramped up as I got into hardcore because the hardcore shows here were absolutely insane. Just chaos, and we would always, we, yeah, we would always get into fights too. And, you know, <laughs> that was the early two thousands and everyone was straight edge and vegan and there was all kinds of crazy stuff going on. It oh, was, yeah. it was great. It was awesome. I, yeah. I'm not entirely sure how well it would hold up today as to like what was going on. But, <laughs> no, um, definitely not. It would hold up today. It would definitely not, no, hold not up today, not, dude. Yeah, I, I think it would get some some odd looks today based on like yeah. how it kind of went down. But but yeah, like Vegas has always been like that for me at least. Yeah. And there was another venue. So back in the day, there was another venue too called the yeah. Huntridge, which also did big stuff. Okay. So House of Blues would do all the corporate big stuff, and Huntridge would do all of the like slightly more diy stuff slightly but they were cool with moshing and so that was a venue where everyone everyone would go and literally just start destroying people too i (laughs) I saw i saw bleeding through him son the red cord play there one time and watched yeah amazing lineup and watched during during the red cord during dreaming and dog years watched uh some probably 12 to 13 year old girl get punched full force in the face and just crumble 
by a grown man. And it was one of those moments where I was like, wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're really, we're really did, yeah. We're really going out now. <laughs> yeah. Fucking that's shit. not good. <laughs> yeah. How, like uh how long was like, that venue around for? Do you remember? Uh, a long time. A was long it? time after. And that venue had a lot of issues with stuff like that. So cops would get called all the time, but they were able to they were able to keep it open until like 2006 or 2007. And it okay. opened in like the eighties. I think it was one of our longest ever venues. Wow. But yeah, okay. it was, that, yeah. that was one of those venues where if there was a hardcore or metalcore band playing, it was complete violence. Yeah. No, nope. nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just yeah. nonstop. As soon as it started, there would just be nonstop violence. And that was also, that was also at a time period, which I'm sure you can also like kind of understand um the early 2000s was when there was like actual oh, kind of weird racism and fucking oh, neo-nazis and stuff like that that would go to shows like that yeah they would see any kind of heavy show and they would just be there we'll show just up to, to it yeah yeah start shit. We, we, we went to we had a show or we, we didn't have a show but i uh i went to a show that was like it was like dri Oh, and then yeah. some other some hardcore bands it was like a mixed show but because dri was playing there was a bunch of like white power kind of dudes yep. and of course you know they're get, trying to get into fights and i remember after the show me and my friends and we were all shit probably like 15 or 16 years old we're all fucking challenging these dudes out in the parking lot all oh, these man. white power dudes waiting for them to come out oh, just man. just out of <laughs> ignorance they they showed up too with guns and uh oh, it was fun wow we 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 uh fled real quick. Yeah, but but we were ready to we were down to fight them because fucking fuck, fuck them. them. Yeah, <laughs> right. They it's literally showed up with guns, dude. I remember. Okay. I don't know if you remember the band Murder Death Kill or like uh, yeah. Donnie Brook and shit. Do you, did you ever yeah. meet Pitbull Dan, the guitarist? Yeah. You know. So I've known. Yeah. I haven't talked to him in a while, but like I lived in L.A. for a few years, so we would hang out a good amount, and uh, he would always tell me about shows, like even where like you know Southern California. And even in like Vegas about like white power dudes and all this shit showing up the shows. He's like, dude, we would yeah. just show up and just fucking beat the fuck out of these dudes all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was, he was like, it was like a common thing. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, that's, and that's a real Southwest thing too, because yeah. you know, a lot of the, especially in Vegas, a lot of our like alternative, like kind of hardcore punk music scenes were all fairly new, you know, they weren't mm -hmm. old. So the people that it was, it was drawing upon weren't super like old hardened ass dudes. So it was up to like a lot of the younger kids to defend from those white power dudes who've probably been around for like 10, 20 years, you know? Yeah. But we all, we always did. We always did as much as we possibly could with a lot of those fucking bonehead guys. Yeah. So. That was such a fucking mess. The dude, even like, like, you know, growing up in New York, there was obviously just like the shows were just insane, but I always remember like Jersey was like the most insane insane shows i've been to like just seeing like remembering never down there and everything and just how violent it was it was like the scariest shit ever but i'm there like 16 years old being like oh my god am i gonna die tonight <laughs> but right. i loved it <laughs> right at the same time no, i was scared for my life but i loved it <laughs> yeah no, it was great <laughs> definitely you don't see that like really anymore though it's not yeah not as not as crazy as it was when we were younger you it's know? Dude, it's totally not. I mean, and I think about that sometimes too. Yeah. I'm like, bro, was it crazier then, or did it just feel crazier? But I yeah. think it actually was. Crazier, I think it was honestly. actually crazy. I think it was. I think it was, dude. So I, I go to shows was. now, and I'm like, shit gets crazy. But I'm like, oh man, if this happened back when I was younger, <laughs> or like this yeah. band, you know, like this band played back then, this shit would just hit the fan, <laughs> right? You know, and it, yeah, and, and like it kind of goes across the board. Like I, oh, I there are much less, much less fights much less yeah. of that whole thing i mean it still it happens but it's you know not on the time it, yeah it's it used to feel like it was a every every, every show, show. Thing. yeah yeah like literally that's literally what it felt like every show i would go to i'd be like yep tonight's someone's getting knocked out a few people right. will get knocked out someone's going home in an ambulance the show might get yeah. shut down <laughs> it was like yeah. every show i was like I don't know what's going to happen tonight. <laughs> it was it was every single show. I mean, it was cool because I remember, and I, I don't know, maybe it's not cool, but at the time, yeah. like, at the, the time, show, it was, yeah. yeah, at the time you go to the show and you have all that anxious energy because you'd be like, something bad could happen tonight. But like the yeah. anticipation of like that in and of itself was kind of a huge rush. Like it it's a, a rush. rush. That I, dude, it was dude. a rush. Yeah. 
I would get like anxious going to shows. Like when I was younger, like I wasn't, yeah, you know, same. like 15, you know, 16, I wasn't driving yet, you know. I don't think I, no, I didn't get my license until I was 17. So I wasn't driving, you know, so my dad's like dropping me off. And I remember right. being like on the way to the venue, which was in Poughkeepsie, New York, the chance, and like being like anxious. Like right. I will never forget feeling that way, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. But like I remember always feeling like anxious showing up to the show. Right. You know, kind of like tense and whatnot, but like excited mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. So. I, yeah. It's a crazy feeling. It's, <laughs> it it's unreplicated in my everyday life now. And I kind of miss it. I really do. I do even, even playing shows and touring and stuff that, that kind of has its own aspect of like kind of anxiety that goes into it. And it is kind of a similar kind of nervous, is, right? like, but it's not the same mm -hmm. where you're legitimately concerned that uh, you might get hurt or go to jail. Yeah. That, see, that kind of that kind of thing is really it's unreplicated in normal life and if you haven't if anyone out there hasn't experienced that before it's uh it's very unique it's it a very unique part i can't put it into words yeah. yeah you can't really put it into words it's just no i mean the only way i could really explain it is just being like really anxious i don't know like tense right. and like showing up in like your heart rate is going you know faster than it should <laughs> And you're not and, even, and I'm not happening. even there yet. <laughs> yeah, nothing's yeah, happening. Bands, bands, are setting up. <laughs> yeah. bands are setting up on stage and you're like super anxious. Like it's just like a normal. You're looking thing, around, yeah. you're like, okay. Yeah. They're gonna fight each other. Right. <laughs> that dude right. is for sure just knocking everyone out. Because there's always like those dudes, you know, that yeah. just went way too hard. And you're just like, yeah. oh, god damn it. This is gonna be one yeah. of those nights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh shit! But anyway, um, those were the good old days. <laughs> yeah. With wrist meets razor, uh, how did this man form? How did we, this all uh, come together? We started in uh, 2017. Jonah kind of was doing it as this uh, this kind of bedroom esque uh, screamo project. And he yeah. had posted about it. He had posted about it on his uh, Facebook, but he didn't really give any information okay. as to what it was. And it was one of those things at the time we really wanted to do a much more like mysterious thing where like our, our, uh, identities weren't necessarily attached to the, to the project. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, it was very nameless in the very, very beginning. And so I, I had figured out, I had just kind of process of elimination figured out that, um, he wasn't just posting it. He was actually the guy doing it. Um, just based on what other people were saying and how he's responding to them. So I messaged wow, him about it and I was like, yeah, because like it was, it didn't say that on the band camp or anything like that. It, and in no way, way did he say I was in the, I did this. He just said, I found this kind of thing. Oh, um, okay. I like yeah. that. <laughs> but uh, so I figured that out and I messaged him and I think both him and I had been in other bands and we, that had just kind of broken up or done whatever. And so yeah. it was, a thing where we were both kind of had voids in our, you know, our musical kind of careers, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so I hit him up and I was like, we should, uh, we should try to do this as like a real thing. Like yeah. if you're into it, like I would love to be a part of it. And he was, and uh, yeah, kind of just the started from is, there. Yeah. The rest is history really. Cause he's in a few different bands, right? Incantation. Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, is Jonah in that? Jo no, Jonah. Jonah's. Uh, he does a, a lot of uh, his own kind of things. Still, oh, okay. he has He does a, a band called Glass Killing Floor with Brian, our our drummer. Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah. I'm referring to your drummer. Yeah. Right. He's right. In you are. Okay. Okay. Drum. Sorry, I'm getting things mixed up. <laughs> no, it's all it's all good. It's all good. But yeah, no. I, I mean, I think it, things have definitely shifted. Where I, I think uh, Risk Me Razor is you know, kind of the main focus for all of us at this point. But yeah, Brian, yeah. Uh, John does a lot of, uh, he still does a lot of his own, his own stuff because he just loves writing music. So That's he does right. a lot of, a lot of his own kind of cool things. Um, but for the most part, it's, uh, it's all wrist meat razor for us. Is it? Yeah. That's like yeah. the main focus. Yeah. And how, do, um, and you guys are all like scattered throughout the country, right? right? You said Ve right. you're in Vegas, obviously. And then uh -huh. where are the other guys from again? And then uh, Brian Prosser, our drummer, is in Kentucky. Yep. He's in Louisville. Um, Jonah is currently in Virginia. Um, cool. He was in Louisville, but he moved to Virginia. Mm -hmm. And uh, our other guitar player, Tyler, 
is in Delaware. Or so they're relatively close to each other. You're the one guy yeah. that's across the country. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, basically, that's right. It, and that was more or less just luck of the draw, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I feel like we all just kind of like lucked into it, but there are just, I, I mean, I think there are probably more musicians on that side of the Mississippi River. That's what it seems like, at least to me. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. That's what it definitely seems like. <laughs> yeah. Because the band really caught my attention when you guys uh, released Misery Never Forgets. That's when I was like, oh, damn, who's this band? Because you guys like, there's like, this resurgence of like the old school metalcore sound coming back mm -hmm. that I've grew up on, you know? Yeah. And uh, same. same with you, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was like when it started coming out, I was like, damn, man, all these, it's coming back. I'm like, you know, I think the one band that really made me notice it more, like the most, was Vane. Mm -hmm. Like when they, um, their EP, but I didn't find them on their EP. I found them, uh, they played This Is Hardcore Fest, but I found the video that 856 did. And uh, I love all the shit he does, by the way. That dude rules. Um, yeah, he's great. And I found that video he did of them, and I was like, damn, what? And I remember just, like, playing it in the, like, in the, I watched it, and I'm like, this, sound, this is fucking sick. Then I put on the EP, and I'm like, oh, this EP doesn't sound that great. <laughs> it was, like, fine, but, like, the video, like, mm -hmm. made them sound better. So I'd always right. play that video. I'm like, man, it's, like, old-school metalcore sounds coming, coming back, like, the shit I grew up on. So yeah. when I discovered you guys... And I, I was just like, damn, this is fucking awesome. Like, I love this. I love that these bands are, like, writing shit like this and bringing that sound back. Because I feel like there was, like, this period of time where, uh, I don't know, metal horror, whatever you want to call it, was just, like, very stale. It was very, right. like, you know, yeah. there's a lot of those, like, <laughs> I guess you could call them Rise Record bands. <laughs> and it was yeah. just, like, the same thing over and over again. And I was just like so processed and like not real and just like nothing to it in my opinion you know and then when i bands like vane and stuff started coming out i was like this is fucking awesome so was that like yeah. when you guys like started like came together you know you know when you joined it and whatnot was that like always like the i guess the inspiration just always yeah it was, right well jonah and i are, are well, our first bond even before the band was uh music and and merch and stuff like that from that era from the early from 2000s era, yeah. all all metalcore stuff because we were both really really into stuff like that yeah. and uh at, at the time there was definitely a there was a cool little community of people that would you know talk about merch talk about the bands talk about the shows and stuff like that and jonah and i specifically like some of those very obscure small groups from that era and mm -hmm. so it was a huge influence to like uh kind of put towards wrist meat razor because wrist meat razor in in theory when it started it was definitely a lot more uh joshua fit for battle uh neil perry orchid kind of oh, scream yeah. open. that was that was definitely what the band was but at the same time um there was at no point where we didn't like the metalcore bands that were also of that era that were, you know, were pretty um, kind of, for lack of a better word, kind of spazzy, chaotic kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. So the influences were always kind of hand in hand there. But yeah. the metalcore thing's always been there. And I think it, uh, for us, at least, it's kind of evolved into different stuff. Like, I i don't know my biggest thing is I, I never want to put out the same record twice i don't want to continue writing songs that sound um exactly like the last thing we wrote even if i do like you know a lot of the same influences i just i feel like it's uh i feel like you're kind of cheating the people that like you when you just keep writing the same song so, yeah yeah so you we want, we you want to evolve yeah exactly right? we utilize different influences now than we did in the beginning or even mm. than we did uh on misery never forgets the band's constantly evolving and it always will as long as we're around it'll it'll change it'll keep going yeah no i definitely like the the two new singles you guys have out are fucking awesome and even you. you know i i listened to those a few more few more times today and like mm -hmm. it's it, you could tell the band's like evolved and just got like even more mature and uh i, I definitely love it how did you uh <laughs> I noticed that obviously Isaac from Knock Loose was on a tango in Paris, last tango in Paris. How did that all come together? Well, um, well, he produced all the tracks. So he, oh, we, did uh, he really? Yeah, he had oh, okay. a heavy wow. hand in the, in the writing of all of them. Um, wow. That's why when we went to uh, when we went to Kentucky 
to pre-pro with him, he was also um, helping with all the production and stuff. And so, um, I mean, like naturally, I think um, he kind of, um, he kind of took a, a, a very, a very intelligent role as a producer. I think this is his first record that he's produced and oh, his, uh, That's so his um, yeah, the first one he's produced in whole and he, he took uh, a role where he wasn't trying to be too overbearing. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the ideas were things that we would bring to the table, but he's uh, very uh, receptive and responsive to, um, to different ideas. And uh, I think, out of anyone I've ever met that uh, is a musician, he is probably one of the best musicians I've ever met. He just understands Dude, he is, man. song. Yeah. So I, that helped it helped a lot, honestly, because he didn't he didn't try to like stop on ideas or change anything. He really just understood the band and where we wanted to go and then he helped it and get helped. bigger. Yeah. No, I mean I think um even Ty in the chat was like Isaac Hell, the upcoming Will Putney when it comes to producing. I mean, he really is. I feel like Putney's yeah. the same way too. You know, when I've talked to people in bands that he's Putney's produced, like counterparts and stuff like that, and a few others, they're just always like, dude, like he just knows what he's doing and he he he's he never tries to step in too much, you know, and just like lets the band do their thing and just helps the band, you know write yeah, better songs, no, you know, or give them ideas. Yeah. You know, he, that's he, what you want from a producer. And he gets it. The thing is, yeah. is that he understands we're in a very strange position, I think, as far as rock music goes. I think rock music is maybe at its lowest points. It's been at its lowest points for years, but I think it's yeah. maybe at, it's at its lowest and most boring points right about now, <laughs> in my opinion, at least. But yeah. Isaac is a dude that despite all that understands how to write a good song regardless of the genre and so you don't really have to like have a a, a trendy kind of songwriting kind of thing with him he knows what you want to do and he's able to put it into something that fits with what you do he's not trying to force you to write some trendy kind of yeah. modern metalcore thing or whatever you know what i mean because oh, I know the, way mean, exactly. that, the way that rock and metalcore is sold now especially like you, that you have to have a very specific thing for a lot of the producers and Isaac's not like that at all. And it, it really is what I, I think what will put him uh, ahead of most in the future. That's rad. So who went on and to uh, mix and master the record? Did uh, Isaac or he's he Isaac, sent it Isaac, Isaac didn't mix and master it. Um, what happened was, so we pre-proed with Isaac. I went mm-hmm. back to Vegas because of the pandemic. I wrote all the lyrics and then we went to a uh, brick top in uh chicago oh, which okay. is uh, yeah andy nelson yeah uh, from Ruka nachos it's his yeah. studio um a bunch of great records came out of there fucking uh, a couple harm's way records oh yeah Lots he's on a good amount yeah he, do, he does great stuff we uh we recorded our take take your shot fun boy song there too so we knew oh, we sure. wanted to do the record there so yeah. but what happened how it, how it how it went down was isaac actually came out with us because we oh. all met in kentucky and then we drove up with isaac yeah. Um, so we all went to uh, we all drove up to Chicago and he spent the week there and kind of, again, like helped with the ideas and what it really kind of when you're writing a record and when you're recording a record, especially to have different ideas for how to make something sound good is monumental. Like oh, when you have when, when you have like an insular group of four or five dudes who've only listened to the songs over and over and over again and are only thinking about what it's going to do for us and how we feel about it. Mm-hmm. You create an echo chamber of ideas that sometimes isn't the best. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. that's not for the best. Having other people in there saying, listen, this is cool, but um, might be cooler to try this. And then you do it and you're like, wow, you know, we would have never thought of that because we are all kind of on one track. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah. So he helped immensely with that. And uh um, and when we were there, I, I really wanted to try to see if he wanted to do guest vocals on a song. And I had a part in Last Tango that I had written that I thought matched his vocals real cool. And he could make sound like Randy from Lamb of God. And he did. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> so, he, yeah. he nailed it. Yeah. When when Isaac's part comes in, it's fucking, it hits you hard. You know it's yeah. him right away. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. You know? In your he, has, he has such a... He has such a great and unique voice. And at, at, at times we've gotten weird comments on some of our stuff where people are all like, 
Really? This isn't the guy from Knocked Loose or something like that. And it's like he's the guy from Knocked Loose that you will be hearing a lot more of. You should you should take note because yeah. <laughs> the vocals are great, honestly. Yeah. His, he is, dude. He's strong, like very in-your-face style of vocals, which I fucking love. Right. You know, I love that right. shit. Like I grew up like listening like Nate Johnson with Deadwater Drowning and shit. And that I love yeah. like just the really in-your-face vocals like Howard Jones and shit with Blood Has Been Shed. So it's just Dang. like... Isaac, yeah. you know, has that 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 same style. He really does. He 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 has his own kind of thing that he does. He he utilizes kind of a very specific kind of cadence and knock loose that I think carries over to the other stuff he does. It's mm, awesome. It very is cool. Uh, had a cool question from Ty in the chat um, sure. for you. Uh, other than the proposed tour that so many people have been asking for, involving. CU Space Cowboy, Static Dress, and If I Die First. Are there any throwback metalcore bands that you wish Wrist Meat Razor can tour with? Uh, well, personally, I would love to tour with 18 Visions or Bleeding yeah. Through. Ideally, I'd love to tour with 18 Visions. 18 Visions um, would be fucking perfect for you it would, guys. It would, it would be very, very cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much touring they would really want yeah. to do, but that's something that I've, I've put out into the universe many times so. yeah i could see that happening <laughs> for sure yeah at least like a few shows you know because i don't they're never going to be right. i don't think they'll ever be like a full-time band again right right you know um but besides 18 visions i mean i i i really think that the furnace fest lineup is awesome this year <laughs> yeah so there's all there's <laughs> there's no limit to the number of bands that are doing that that i think we would want to tour with yeah honestly. that, that lineup is just insane yeah it's it's pretty perfect it's it pretty it's pretty much a uh, dream lineup <laughs> of bands that i would have loved to see 20 years ago 10 years ago and now and now yeah all, yeah all Playing, yeah, so. I hope nothing like gets in the way of that fest because I really want to go. So I'm like, yeah. you know, there's all bands like I grew up going to their shows for the most part. You know, there's some young bands on there too, which is sick. But like, man, like that lineup they put together I was like, how the fuck? Because I had them. I did a podcast with them a few a couple weeks ago, and I was just uh -huh. like, how do you do this? How do you pull this off? Yeah, because at first yeah. when they first pre-pandemic. When they first started announcing bands, people were like, is this real? Or is this like, uh, are you fucking with us? Like, they right. had people hitting them up being like, is this a real thing? Because no one, yeah. you know, a lot of like younger people uh, or whatever, like a lot of people didn't know what Furnace Fest was. So, right. you know, a lot of people were like, what is this, like a new fest? Like, no, this <laughs> no, no, this yeah. was like the Hellfest of the South. <laughs> of the South, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like that's what it was, you know, and uh but yeah, it's just like that lineup. Yeah, I, I, like you guys like fit like perfectly in that lineup. <laughs> no, totally. I, I mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe you could uh, put yeah, in a good me, word for it. We've been trying to get on it. So. Well, yeah, I could. Well, I will ask. I'll tell. I'll tell Colin <laughs> and the, the, uh, like. Colin, let me just talk to. Let me talk to Ryan over there in chat. <laughs> we'll get wrist meets razor. Just squeeze on there because I plan on going. Like I, I like I booked a hotel, which was a good deal because. Uh, if it does get canceled, knock on wood, um, yeah. they give you a refund up right. until like the day before. So right. I was like, okay, I might as well just book this now. But yeah. That, that it's was, working good that it's going to happen though. I, think I, it, I, I feel think like it, it will. Happen. I mean, everyone, um, you know, we t I've talked about this a good amount, but like everyone, you know, getting the vaccine is pretty easy. Um, mm -hmm. Like it's I already, very easy. Yeah, I, re I already got my first shot and I get my second one in like a week, I think, or it's, uh, a week and a half. So a lot of my friends have already gotten their second shot and everything. So, I mean, it's very accessible. So I'm, I, I feel confident that, you know, everything that we see that's been announced uh, for this year should, should happen. Right. So we'll I, I agree. I, I think, uh, I think it's in a good spot for stuff happening this year for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, anyway, so you guys join like Colin manages the band. Um, mm -hmm. Him joining 5B management was was that pretty crazy? Yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's massive. I and uh, you know Colin works with Vitalo too. Yeah, James Vitalo's assistant. So yep. James Vitalo is real intimately involved with the band as well. And uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, have James them, is awesome. Have, yeah, he's amazing. And to yeah. have them both be able to step up to 5B, I'm just real proud of them. Me too, anything. man. It's I. Super. 
Yeah, like when Colin and uh, Vitello told me that, because I book Undeath, you know, they mm -hmm. hit me up and they're like, hey, we're working with Undeath, blah, blah, blah. And then Colin told me that before they announced it, like, hey, we're going over to 5B. And I was like, oh, wow. So anyone here that doesn't know what 5B management is or who they work with, uh, to name a few, uh, we'll start with Slipknot, <laughs> uh, Megadeth, Behemoth, Pennywise, Lamb of God, and a lot of others. And now Wrist Meets Razor knock loose terror turnstile harm's way so it's it's really cool to see you know i've been a booking agent for 15 years now so like to see a management company like that which i'm known of 5b for probably almost 15 years or about that probably maybe a little bit less but anyway to see like a management company bring in you know two younger dudes with like these younger so and you know terra's been around for a little bit but like younger bands like you guys it's really awesome because i've seen managers go from like like a smaller mid-sized management company to like a big one and like that company doesn't let them bring over like their you know smaller bands they're like you gotta let go of this band this band this band so to see a management com company this massive you know slipknot and shit down with bringing over smaller bands and being about it is really fucking cool yeah we're we're you very know? very fortunate we're very fortunate to be able to uh be in this position especially considering you know what 5b is and their legacy and their yeah. uh <laughs> their much larger place in the music industry it's it's uh it's flattering for yeah, sure it's fucking rad so definitely congrats to colin and james and you guys as well i mean it's a big fucking deal um <clears throat> So, uh, aside from the band, um, I just learned yesterday <laughs> that you're a promoter in Vegas with black path booking, um, which is funny. We were talking about this a little bit before we started this episode up. Um, I always talked to, I believe it was always Dustin. You may have responded to an email too in the past. Um, how did, or when did you start booking shows? Like when did you start getting into that? So uh, I really started booking kind of nonstop in 2014 or so, oh, okay. but I, I didn't really do anything. I really tried to stay on the uh, DIY hardcore side of things at first for yeah. a while. Um, it was mostly just, I, I would book through, uh, I would book through like forthright. I don't know if you remember that company. Forthright booking? <laughs> um, with, yeah. With Travis? Yeah, with Travis. Porter, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Okay. I, I booked a lot of stuff with him but it was a while ago like it was, yeah, it was a while ago um and then it kind of got to the point where it's uh it, it died off a little bit and then came back real big about three or four years ago uh dustin wanted to jump on and then we all started uh we all started pitching in kind of had a good collective going and, and i've been trying to book bigger and bigger things and you know it's really unfortunate the pandemic because we were getting to the point where we were able to book you know, we were able to kind of step up into the level of uh, freelance guys that booked stuff that were Live Nation-esque or Live Nation because we booked a couple Live Nation gigs. And so oh, wow. it was interesting that we were, you know, we were DIY freelancers that were getting to book some of the biggest kind of level of, of acts. But, you know, uh, COVID, you know, yeah, yeah, COVID. <laughs> that's not it for that. That was it for that. And then, uh, I don't know, now that it's coming back, there's there's still there's some stuff in the works for sure there's yes. more stuff coming so thankfully everywhere everyone's yeah. gonna have some opportunities to book some shows now i know and it, i feel like vegas has had always had like an issue with like an all ages spot yeah right? yeah lots of, lots of those we we uh i mean this is, goes back to what i was talking about earlier with the uh you know with having house of blues and huntridge be the only two venues i i could really recall when i was a lot younger mm -hmm. and it's because those two venues uh, uh, amongst a host of other real smaller ones that Small. only stuck around for like six months, those two venues were it for all ages. The one that was that it. To consistency. That was yeah. it. There, there was some smaller ones that uh, would come and go every you know six months to a year, um, but uh, that was it. And uh, the way it is now, all of those have been shut down besides House of Blues. So really, yeah, insane. Um, our all ages music scene is uh, just uh, VFW halls, it, and it probably will be for the uh, foreseeable future. So, I mean, unless someone's going to be able to step up, pay for a venue, and uh, pay for a liquor license that they could get all ages. You yeah, know what I mean, that's, 
that and that's house, a hard thing to raise. It is a hard thing out there, huh? To have like mm -hmm. an all ages venue with like a liquor license. It's uh, virtually impossible. That aspect know. of it is um, unless you're a, a private hall. So damn. Uh, and, and the real issue is that you can't be within X amount of feet of a bar. If you're going to do all ages events, all ages, dancing hall events, whatever the case is, you know what I mean? And it's wow. just, you know, we don't have the, when the, when it's, you know, people like me or Dustin doing shows, we mm -hmm. don't have the funnier resources to be fighting legal battles for stuff like that. Oh right? yeah, no, exactly. You know, we're, we're booking 500 cap rooms, you know, or smaller. Like we don't have, the kind of money that would needed would be needed to you know go after a lot of that stuff so yeah the vfw whole thing it is kind of our right way it's our loophole yeah about all of it that's for sure and yeah. it, i mean who knows who knows about the future but that is where we're at right now and there isn't any um there isn't any exclusively all ages venues that only book all ages events in yeah. vegas so yeah, it's a bummer. It's like the one spot that I always have like an issue, like trouble booking in. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah, like, it's you know, right. like I came to you with like skeletal remains. It's like that'll probably do like decent in Vegas, but it's like probably going to have to bring it to like a 21 plus bar, you know, right. to make it work. Yeah. And it's like, which will be okay. Like, you know, but it's like, it kind of sucks because like, you know, you know, even them, you know, and the bands on that tour, they're like, you know, we want to do like all ages shows which i totally right. understand right no i i do too in vegas is such a strange kind of city with stuff like that a lot of times um when it comes to metal a lot of the 21 plus stuff does do better than the all ages stuff because uh when it comes to all ages shows and the kids that are going to those they're mm -hmm. more so into like the more popular bands and, and less into the metal bands because there is a huge death metal and uh, metal scene in vegas that there is they man. do are uh, they do Las Vegas Death Fest here, and it yeah. sells out. It sells out all the all the venues, all the twenty one plus venues on the uh, in downtown Las Vegas. So there is a metal scene for sure, but they are definitely of drinking age and want to go to bar shows. So for for us, for Black Path, it's a it's a huge question as to what we want to put our money behind. Yeah, um, which I, totally I, I like understand. to. Yeah, I like to. I like to help out. I like to help out when it comes to booking in Vegas and I like to be a part of the next generation, pay it forward a little bit from what, oh, yeah. you know, I grew up in. So definitely. No, it's rad. I, it was just like funny. I remember when you emailed me back and I was like, wait, is this him? <laughs> because you know, like your, your last name is not common. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, Not at it's all. No. Yeah. And I was just like, is that him? <laughs> I feel stupid for not knowing this. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. It, you know, and that's one of those things, funny, too. Like, <laughs> that's one of those things, too, when it comes to, like, booking shows. I, I try to I try to kind of separate the two, the band and the and the show aspect, so it doesn't seem like there's, like, some sort of conflict yeah. eventually going on. But, yeah, it is me. Yeah, so. no, it's fucking rad. Uh, we had a question. Uh, were you booking shows when Escape the Fate with Ronnie Radke first started blowing up? Uh, I wasn't booking shows then, but I was going to shows then, and uh, I've met him and his band. And uh, funnily enough, I guess weirdly enough, one of the weirder one of the weirder Vegas stories that I have is so to dial it all back to when I was a, a kid. Yeah. Uh, in, in middle school, I went to I went to middle school with Monty Money, who is the original guitar player for Escape the Fate. Okay. Um, he was the guy that did all the all the leads and stuff, all the solos. And yeah. he was actually in my very first band. I I, I was in a band with him for no a shit. couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted to sound like Orgy. We oh, were gonna practice man. in the house. We, <laughs> we, had, we had a, yeah. I used to it love Orgy. Been, <laughs> it would have been great. Yeah. It been great. And then uh and then when Escape the Fate first started blowing up. Uh, he uh, he met me at a show and he was all like, "Dude, you got to check out this band, I'm in Escape the Fate." And it was, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. What were at like some? Time, what was that? Sorry. I was gonna say at the at the time I was in a band called Molotov Solution, and so oh I was yeah, like, we had that question in chat. I did not know this. Yeah. What, I, what did you play in Molotov? Uh, bass. You I'm were the, playing bass. First, I was the first original bass player for Molotov Solution. I was in it for about a year and a half. But no that was shit. Wow. Yeah, that was right after I had joined that. And so he had told me about that. And I was like, oh, you got to check out my new band. Yeah. And then <laughs> we exchanged <laughs> my space links. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. 
that's fucking rad i'm i'm, I'm a big molotov fan <laughs> yeah it was it was fun it was a fun thing yeah right that's so fucking insane yeah i had no idea <laughs> i've only i really only know nick and nick was in original though nick is the second yeah, vocalist no. right yeah he's second yeah and then robbie is robbie original yeah, Robbie, Robbie, is, Robbie right? was in a band when I joined the band um, in 2005. And I think Robbie's the only member that was in it at the time that's in it now, I believe. Oh, okay. I'm not yeah. sure to what extent they exist right now, but whatever that yeah, is. He, they're being very mysterious about things. So I'll go to Nick and be like, all right, when we get in this new Molotov, he's like, it's coming along. We'll see. We'll see. I'm like, yeah. "Just is it happening? <laughs> I <I'm> mean, like, <laughs> we'll see. From what? From what I've heard, it, it should be happening. I know. That's from what I heard, too. That's cool, though. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, another question I thought was good. Uh, do you see Metalcore of now heading towards a more independent situation in the future instead of relying on labels? That's, interesting that's an interesting question. That, yeah, it's a real interesting question. I mean, I'm not and sure. that's. You know, what's funny is about that question is if you would have asked me it about five years ago, I would have absolutely said yes, because at the time, a lot of us were all kind of into the bring back early 2000s metalcore thing, which mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily in line with any kind of trend. It wasn't popular, you know, but then I think once a couple of different things happened, once Bane got signed to Closed Casket, once Sanction got signed to Pure Noise, uh, it changed a lot in the landscape because after that we got we got signed to prosthetic and ev any uh, mm -hmm. number of other metalcore bands kind of in our same kind of level or a little bigger than us all also got signed to record labels and so now i feel like all of our bands can't go back really not where we're at right now maybe in the future we can go back to doing like completely independent. independent yeah completely independently released stuff but like that's not going to happen soon so yeah. i think it just really so, depends on the band right it depends you know, on the right? band, but for the for the immediate future, um, I think bands are going to continue to try to get signed to these record labels because I mean, like it or not, we've set that uh, that course, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think naturally it'll all go back to what it has been in the past. Everything's cyclical. Everything returns. So it'll probably go back to being all independent at some point too. But I think as of right now, it's kind of hard to even think in those terms like right. we used to. Yeah. So. Definitely. Um, do you have a favorite screamo band? Tyler asked. <laughs> do I have a favorite screamo band? <laughs> uh, I have I have many favorite screamo bands. Like I said, Neil Perry was the biggest influence on what we were doing as Risk Me Razor when we put out that first EP, mm -hmm. uh, those first two EPs, and when the demo it. came out. And I hit up Jonah, and I was like, "This sounds like you know, like Orchid and Neil Perry. Like it's awesome." And that was always kind of my thing. So. Uh, as far as the scream up thing went, I, I'm not, I'm a little iffy on a lot of scream up stuff. Like it's a very deep genre with a lot of, uh, with a lot of lore and a, a lot of, uh, a lot of deep cuts, a lot of obscurity. And I, I've never really been the kind of guy that goes into, you know, French screamo and European kind of the obscurities of that. But I do like, I do like the big ones a lot. Um, yeah. and I, I still listen to them all the time. So. That's rad. Um, and we had a random question from Benny. If you could live in any video game world, what world would it be? Uh, Castlevania. What was it again? Castlevania, for sure. Castlevania? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Makes I, sense. I, already, I think I already look like I'm in it, right? Yeah, now. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I look. This uh, Marjo in the chat said, this guy looks fly with his, with his glasses. He Thank does. You. He does. He said, but fucking heavy metal fly. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Hell I like yeah. that. Uh, LJ had a question too. What's one of your favorite tattoos? What's one of my favorite tattoos? Um, you know, I have a bunch that I feel like would be more obvious, but I just think one of my favorite ones is I have, uh, I have nine inch nails tattoo or lyrics tattooed on the sides of my hands. Oh, that's I don't sick. know if you can see it. Yep. It says I tried it. I gave up. Love that. I love nine inch nails. One of my favorite ones for sure. That's awesome. But I have I have so many at this point that I don't even really it might sound it might sound kind of douchey, but I don't even think about them anymore. Like I don't when I wake up in the morning, I, I kind it's of never see any of them. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't even think about having them. So it's even just thinking so used about to them, them. Yeah. Thinking about them in terms of like which one is the one I like the most, I can't even like they don't even come to my mind unless I'm like 
physically looking at looking at and you're like wait i don't know yeah like (laughs) i have tattoos i I know but i'm not sure what they're of yeah i forgot what i even got yeah yeah every single day exactly uh ty asks do you still call cu space cowboys screamo even though they have said not to not have said not to referring the song title on their cd yeah, I I mean I never called them screamo to be honest with you. I don't think I don't think I don't think, I don't think yeah, they're metal part of me. I mean yeah, yeah. but Love but I, I I I think uh I don't know. I, I think that they just from our my extensive conversations with them about stuff, I don't think that they necessarily care mm-hmm. about being called screamo as much as they just think that title was funny. And I think that title's funny too. It it's is. a reference, but I can't remember what the reference is that they're making there, but it's it's a funny reference. I, it, you know, uh, us and Space Cowboy both have a very similar kind of self-deprecating sense of humor with our our songs and our lyrics. So, have you guys toured together before? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Uh, you know, we actually toured together twice technically because we oh. our very first West Coast tour in 2018 was with Space Cowboy and Letters to Catalonia, which oh, was it. cool no one was signed at that time we were we hadn't signed to prosthetic yet Mm -hmm. and uh, they hadn't signed to pure noise so we were just playing crazy shows and people didn't even know who we were it was awesome i remember Um, i saw them at a a fest in houston and mm -hmm. uh through the eyes of the dead was there too and i've been friends with mike rainey the drummer which he's like the second or third drummer of the band but anyway he's in a band my bitter end but me and mike like grew up together in new york and I remember me and Mike were watching CU Space Cowboy, and I I knew the band. I've listened to him before, so I was very familiar, you know. And this was his first time watching them, and he's a little bit older than me. He's like, "Dude, this band is so sick." <laughs> yeah, he no, was so stoked on it. He was like, "This band is so awesome." They're they're very very cool. And then are, we toured with them again in 2019, and they uh, they did uh, Bloodfest in Michigan. Oh um, yes. Which, in Detroit or Which, up somewhere yeah. near there. Yeah, it was it's by Detroit. Where. It's by Howell, Detroit. Michigan, I think. How yeah. yes. They don't do it anymore. But no. so we they didn't let Risk Me Razor play, but we set up merch anyways, and that was that went over great. <laughs> the people there really did not seem to enjoy it that we were set up very much. But anyways, <laughs> so they played they played That's I'm so not good. sure that the I'm not sure the kids there were like ready for whatever it was going to be. So they played. Yeah. I did a guest spot with, uh, with space cowboy and Connie, like dove head, like feet first into the crowd. And so some random kids wearing backpacks up front and uh, <laughs> I think probably ruined their day. Honestly, it was, it was awesome. Though. It was great. Yeah. That fat blood fest was always like a very eclectic, like uh lineup. Is yeah. That- it's pretty weird. I'm not All gonna, over it, the place. It's, weird, it's a, for anyone that doesn't know blood fest, happens in a high school and it's yeah. a high school that looks just like your high school it's not a special high school which is it's so just crazy so you show up and you immediately have flashbacks to the worst times of your life getting picked on walking through the front doors of this high school yep. but they've set up stages and there's like a stage in the gym there's like a stage in like the lunch area there's yeah. like a stage in the science room it's really strange and, and like i when what? i when we showed up so i never been to it yeah I knew it was at a high school up, though. Excuse yeah. Me. When I showed up, it it was it was surreal because I've never seen anything set up like that before. Any show, anywhere yeah, ever no, set up. Hell like no. And kids from all over Michigan come to this thing. So like it's packed. <clears throat> like there's lines around the building to get around the high school to get in and watch bands. Yeah. It's really it's really weird. And as an, as a grown man, I felt like it was maybe one of the strangest throwbacks I've ever had on tour because I've never felt like i was going back to high school just going to a show but it sure it, it was bad it brought it you back so they they yeah. set up in the science room what the fuck yeah it was it's there's like a small stage that they set up in some yeah. sort of weird science it's like a big like a big room with white walls that looks like a where classroom, you take right? a, a like a physics class or something yeah <laughs> it, it was crazy man and and like this just the setup of everything like you set up merch and there's like lockers behind you dude and like like thinking about it when it was happening i was like this is surreal like to yeah. have to to have gone to high school and been tormented in it then and to then just come back 15 years later and play a show in a yeah, high school it's just school. like the same thing 
weird that is so weird see like i never knew like how it was set up i've had bands on it here and there but like i knew it was at like a high school but like i never knew like i just assumed it was like okay they probably have a stage in the gym and they maybe have like a stage outside you know something no it's all it's fucking it's all, all inside. inside. <laughs> it's all inside. And they, they make do of the whole high school. And it looks exactly like anyone's high school. They, it's crazy to me. Like, how the fuck did they get a high school to to want to do that? Rural Michigan, I yeah. think. <laughs> and money, I guess, right? Yeah, money. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've always been a big fan of, you know, the rural Midwest because... Uh, there's nowhere quite like the rural Midwest to give you that look of pure disgust. They don't, you don't get disgust on the coasts. No, the south, no, no. It's the, the Midwest, Midwest, dude. It's yes. A, it's a special look because they look at you and immediately you feel like you can feel the hatred in their eyes. And just like, <laughs> Why are you here? What, what are what, you what doing here? here? Yeah. And, and we got a whole day of that. We set up merch and didn't even play. They That's were ready so to, funny. They were, you, they were ready to leave the building if we played, but they didn't get that opportunity. They didn't get it at all. No. We actually sold a lot of stuff, too. It was great. Really? Spiteful. Spite, merch spite sales. Yeah. <laughs> because they wouldn't let you guys on it, right? They just Yeah, they wouldn't let, they wouldn't let us play. So we just showed up and guerrilla style set up merch. Oh, so like they Dude. didn't like say that was okay. <laughs> Well, I, I'm not sure. Maybe they did say it was okay. Maybe Colin would know better on that one. But yeah, I, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think they were specifically asked. I think we did it and we were like, well, if they tell us to go, then I we'll guess pack we it up. Yeah, we'll pack uh, it up then. <laughs> but they never, no one wanted to do that. And so no. It was, it was interesting. It was, it was quite the experience, I will say that. That's definitely fucking funny. Um, what was going to add? Uh, we had a question here. Will Worst Meat Razor ever play at least one? SGKF song live when Torrin comes back. What's SGKF? So that's Jonah's uh, weird MySpace grind side projects. And the answer to that is definitely not. (laughs) There you have uh, it. I'm not even sure. Well, first off, I don't think that they can be played live. I don't even think that's music that would translate live at all. But yeah, no. I got to check it out. Is it up? Yeah, no. Uh, I think so. Band I think camp? it's up on 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 uh, on uh, Spotify now. Just oh, second really? grade knife fight is what it's called. So. What is it again? Second grade knife, knife fight? fight. I gotta yes. check that out. It's Let it's just pull it up now so as, I remember to do it after we get out of here. It's as extreme and like nonsensical MySpace grind as it gets. It's just a wall of oh, Jonah freaking here. out. It's not. If not, it's on a. It's on band. Camp, it is so. okay. I'll leave the name written down there that's fucking funny uh we had one more another question regarding tyler's inclusion in wrist meat razor did it happen naturally or like it came to the point where you didn't want to remain a three-piece forever uh both actually both we didn't want to do we didn't want to do the three-piece thing forever and uh tyler's always been uh a a person who's been in our and uh, our on our peripherals because he's a great guitar player. He sings for the band uh, Foreign Hands, mm-hmm. and he sings for a, another band called Vicious Embrace. And he's oh, just always, yeah, he just always liked Wrist Me Razor, and he's came to our shows, and we've liked him. So um, kind of just worked we, out that way. Yeah, totally. Because I'm I'm very picky with who I want you know to spend you know. Well, yeah, you have to be. Bandwidth. Yeah, so, you have to be. We didn't want to be a three-piece anymore, like almost immediately, because the three-piece thing was more so because we were we started off as a screamo project on the internet, you know, like we didn't yeah. start as a band, band. We started, we started as an idea essentially. Yes. Yeah. So Tyler's inclusion was out of necessity, and it was out of uh, just us liking him as a person. Yeah, he's a just becoming person. friends with him and shit. So, yeah, and I mean, and and to that to that extent, it's not two out of the realm of possibility that maybe in the very near future we'll add someone else and uh i won't have to play bass and sing at the same time anymore so yeah exactly stay tuned on that. there you go <laughs> uh do you have a favorite song from wrist meets razor um yeah i do uh i would say our, my favorite wrist me razor song is off of the uh, new record that comes out june 11th it's called uh nietzsche is dead i uh I wrote that song 
in the midst of complete isolation during the pandemic. And it's a, uh, it's a reaction to what I thought, um, what I, what I saw the, was happening, what I saw what was happening in the world that mm-hmm. needed context that was very not contextualized. So I think a lot of what's happened over the last year um, needs art to contextualize it. And uh, this one song, I believe does it more than anything. I, I, I've right. been a big, I've been a big fan of uh, philosophy. I like to read a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so the song is a minute 30, a one minute, 30 second long blast of philosophy and hatred. And, uh, you just have to hear yeah. it. It's, yeah, it's, I'm it's very, on. it's very, uh, it's a very special track that, uh, yeah, you'll be able to hear June 11th. So. June 11th. Are you guys going to be releasing another single beforehand before that? Yep. There you we are. are. There'll be another single and there will be another music video, but that's all I'll really say about yeah, yeah. To that. But yes. Can't give out. But yeah, yeah, be, that's sick. There's another single and another music video that we filmed. It's ready to come out. So Brad, dude. Sure. I'm fucking stoked, dude. The band, the two new singles I absolutely love, and I can't wait to hear the rest of the record, man. Absolutely. And to see um, you guys live. Because I don't yeah, I haven't seen you guys live yet. I know. You you have to I check have that never out. Seen the band live. We uh we we aim to please when it comes to our live aesthetic and what we do. I mean, it's all based on kind of what I think some people would expect and what some people wouldn't expect. I like to put on a good show, though. That's I think uh, that's important. Hell yeah, dude. Well, Justin, this has been awesome to do with you today. Um, yeah. I was stoked you were down to do this podcast with me. Uh, yeah. Can't wait for the new record. Can't wait to see you guys live. I know you're probably extremely anxious to get back on the road. Yeah, and yeah. put out music. Yeah, and put out music, exactly. So this has been fucking awesome to do with you. Um, and yeah, stoked to see you and meet you hopefully later this year or early next year. Yeah, likewise, okay. man. All right, man. Well, this is the end of it, everybody. Uh, definitely uh, go check out the new Wrist Meat Razor songs. Pick up the record if you're able to. It's the best way to support them. Pick up some merch. If uh, you don't know who they are, uh please check them out if you love the old school metalcore style like vein and all that stuff knock loose uh even goes beyond that 18 visions i can definitely compare you guys to i feel like <laughs> which is a great yeah. fucking one of my favorites growing up uh yeah. definitely go 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 check out wrist meets razor um and then yeah until next time man thank you for doing this awesome. today thank you for having me yeah fun. man i will talk to you soon all right later bro